What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, a podcast by two brothers from the same mother, giving you their fantasy takes, hits, analysis, and everything in between. It's your boy, Derek, joining you as usual. And of course, with the bigger bro, that boy, Daryl. Daryl, my man, how are you doing this fine day? Um, uh, Like 85% of me is excited because we're about to get into a division preview. And 15% of me is in mourning for my Lakers getting swept out the playoffs by the Denver Nuggets <laughs> last night. But shout out to the Nuggets. Good job by y'all. No hard feelings over here. Just glad y'all weren't the Spurs. <laughs> and Spurs and the boys run several times back in the back in the days growing up, if you will. But yeah, man. Yeah. Salute to those Lakers. A good season for them, man. Yeah. No complaints. No complaints. <laughs> well, as Daryl mentioned, we're gonna go ahead and get into our division previews. We got eight divisions to get through. But on this pod, we're going to be discussing the AFC North that contains your Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and, of course, those Cleveland Browns. Darrell, let's go ahead and start the discussion. We'll lead it off with last year's winner of the division, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're coming in with an over-under win total of 11 and a half wins. And that's the highest of this division. So looks like they're expected to repeat. I'm going to toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on the quarterback situation? Obviously, we got Joey Burrows, the man, the myth, the legend. What's your thoughts on him for the 2023 season? Sure. Okay. So just to give some background to the audience, we didn't plan it this way, but I think it kind of worked out okay. A lot of the ranking stuff that you will be talking about will be having to do with redraft and rankings coming from fantasy pros. And a lot of the ranking stuff I'll be talking about will be what's going on over on underdog. All right. So, and we didn't plan it that way, but I think it gives a good perspective on both kind of formats and the way you'd be thinking about both right now. So um, when I'm looking at Joe Burrow right now, he's going off the board over at underdog as quarterback six. And as um, the 41st overall pick. And so I like I like Burrow this year just fine. You know, skill level through the roof. His weapons, top notch, you know, just elite weapons. He's a guy who could easily pass for 5,000 plus yards and, you know, throw for 40 touchdowns. You know, that's firmly within his realm of, of possibility. And then you add on to the fact that, you know, last year, Burrow rushed 75 times for five rushing TDs and, you know, somewhere north of 280 uh, rushing yards. So he's one of those guys, you know, you have like the Cousinses who really get you nothing rushing. You have the um, you have the Allen and Hertz and Lamar and Justin Fields here who can get you a lot rushing. And then you have kind of some guys in the middle, like like a Burrow, like um, like Patrick Mahomes, you know, these kind of these kind of efficient, I can do it if I need to, rushers. So, you know, he he's in that middle tier as far as that goes. Um so, you know, he he has a little bit of everything 
with uh, with his profile. The only thing that has me a little bit skittish about him, and again, this is from an underdog perspective, you know, you're drafting him in the middle of the fourth round, right, at pick 41. Justin Herbert's going 11 picks later at pick, uh, at pick 52. So I'm asking myself, would I rather have that fourth pick plus Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow plus whatever I can get in the fifth round? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the only, the only kind of, I don't even want to call that like a black mark on his profile. It's just the only thing that kind of gets me, that kind of gets me thinking because you can get, you can get just about everything you're going to get out of Joe Burrow from Justin Herbert, but then you could get, you know, a third round, I mean, excuse me, a fourth round running back or a fourth round receiver for that, for that same price. But outside of that, man, I'm super excited about, um, about what his season could be, you know, especially if he could keep his weapons healthy this year. So yeah, Joe Burrow in that five, six, seven um, range, I'm with it. I'm, I'm totally with it. In agreement with you there, if that's around the range that he will be in um, come redraft season. Right now on Fantasy Pros, they do have him as QB4, and that's where he finished last year. Um, from Fantasy Pros, they have him um, right below uh, Josh Allen and and Hurts, and then right before uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. So he's like kind of right in the middle of the pack of some Konami code guys. And it's for the right purpose. And of course, we'll we'll talk about those purposes um, when we talk about the pass catching aspect of things. But you got to love Burrow um, in this aspect. He had the fifth most passing attempts last year and threw the 11th most poor passes per fantasy pros. So even with all the volume that he had last year, He's throwing efficient balls, if you will. So I'm, you know, like with like you're saying, fifth, sixth round. If you're able to get Joe Burrow there, I'm fine with it. But also understand that if you want to um, fade him there and look further down at like her cousins and whatnot, I completely understand it. But his draft spot as it is now on best ball, perfectly fine with it. For sure. Yeah, for him, it's just a matter of price to me. Like that's everything else, everything else I love about the dude. And even outside of this fantasy stuff, like I, I root for this kid. Like I, I like me some Joe Burrow. So, yeah. For sure, for sure. Getting into the running backs, looking at Joe Mixon and Chase Brown in this room. There are other running backs here, but I think these are the two that are going to play um, – the role here and depending upon what happens with Mixon in his situation. But assuming we have Mixon here, he was RB 10 last year. Um, currently on fantasy pros rankings, he's coming in as RB 18. And I think that's built in with the situation he has going and chase Brown at RB 89. Obviously I think that will shoot up regardless of the situation with Mixon um, as rankings, you know, tend to, uh, come forward with the season. But the main thing that I wanted to highlight here was that there was a high target per route run with these running backs last year. Uh, Joe Mixon yeah. saw 28%. Samaj P. Ron, 22.7%. Uh, 
even Chris Evans in the limited uh, time he got in saw 30.8% targets per route run. And there were 132 targets to this position last year. So my note here is that if Joe Mixon is, is back and he's to normal and whatnot, if he stays at RB18, which I assume he wouldn't, it's a steal. You, you're going to draft that man there. And regardless, Chase Brown should be on your radar as well, um, even if the rankings do move up on him as well. Yeah, you know, with this stuff being up in the air with him, with his court case, I did some digging into that today. And, you know, there's still no resolution um, on the horizon. But from what I did see, the case is uh, should be wrapped up by October. Okay. So it's it could be a season where he starts off, um, you know, he, he starts off like that first month of the season playing. And then whatever happens with the case will determine some sort of suspension or you know so basically this could bleed into the season a little bit but there should be resolution by the end of october it's just a matter of um you know that differs wildly from like say what we had with alvin kamar last year um, when we knew for a fact he was going to make it through the season without uh, without anything going down with the court case so that he'd be he'd be available for the whole season um yeah, just to kind of pick back off what you're saying, I fully expect him to move up from that RB18, RB19 spot. Um, and if he does, like, let's say we have some resolution by the time, you know, most reball drafts, reball, most <laughs> by the time most redraft um, drafts are going on, I think around, you know, I wouldn't move him up a whole, whole lot from 18 or 19. I'd say like maybe, 12 to 13 somewhere somewhere in there but still that um that's going to push him up you know probably a couple rounds on on draft boards and i could see him getting into um into like the third round or so second third roundish type type of thing and i th i think he'd be pretty fine there um from a from a best ball perspective as things stand right now I'm a little skittish on drafting him. Um, his ADP is 59, so you're having to, you know, you're having to take him in the fifth round. That could turn out to be just a hell of a bargain. Um, so maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and think a little bit more on, um, you know, maybe just like in making my best ball portfolio, maybe just kind of putting a few chips on things working out all the way for the best for him. Because if that if that case gets dismissed and he ends up not seeing any kind of uh in any kind of suspension then grabbing him in the late fifth round will end up being that'll end up being one of the best closing line values you'll you'll see in fantasy this year. Um but yeah I, I like his prospects. It's just a matter of um it's just a matter of what's gonna happen with his suspension and when the timing of that is going to go down. But his his outlook, you know, he's got some some IJP Ryan is is gone joe mixon does have you know he does he is a, a fairly decent receiver you know he's not he's not trash at that so he could he could you know step up in in usage there um so i i don't know man if if things go well for him with this case he might end up being an extreme value um especially for folks who are drafting now 
For sure. So when you had said around 12 or 13, I looked at the running backs there per fantasy pros. So assuming his situation clears up, at least we know he's going to be here. Um, and then there's this uncertainty in October. Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, or Joe Mixon? How would you rank those three? Joe Mixon. Okay. Joe Mixon. <laughs> got you, Joe got Mixon, you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then right above – Right above those guys is Ramondre. Is that where your line stops? Yeah, I would probably stop around around Ramondre. I think Ramondre is is better, and I feel like um, he'll have, you know, it could maybe be like a 60-40 in favor of Ramondre because, like, for whatever, whatever workload that I feel like Ramondre, whatever workload advantage I feel Ramondre will have, it could be a situation that the ceiling on Cincinnati's offense compared to New England's could kind of make up for that. So, um, so yeah, it's about, you know, they're, I, I, I'd put them about in the same tier with Ramondre a okay. little bit higher. Okay, okay, fair enough. Let's go on to that receiving room. And with receiving room, I'm including um, tight ends in there as well. We can discuss that situation last though but you know jamar chase t higgins and tyler boyd come back here in this situation they're going to be the top dogs um just like last year in in my opinion what are your thoughts on these three um so jamar chase not a whole lot to say there he should be going off draft boards then the top four top five picks um, you know, over an underdog, he's a, he's a strong 1.2 coming off the board. So, and I have I have absolutely zero problems with that. His target share is just ridiculous. Add that to the fact that he plays with a great quarterback. Add that to the fact that he himself is, you know, if you wanted to argue he was the best receiver in the league, um, you could you you could make that case and. Nobody could just, you know, laugh you out of the room for that. So him as a top two, three, four, five pick, absolutely. I'm I'm with it. Now, T. Higgins, from an underdog best ball ADP perspective, I do kind of quibble with him um, ADP-wise. So, you know, this is something you and I talked about, like, just this past weekend. He ended up with an 18% target share last year, and that's with Chase missing like four games or so. So that is that, that that's concerning to me with Higgins going 25th off the board. He's being he's being drafted ahead of Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre, Brees, DK, Lamar Jackson. I I can't really rock with that. Like I I, I don't see doing it. You know, if I want to if you want to come around and tell me like he's He's in the three-four turn instead of the two-three turn. I'm 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 okay with that, but like I'm I'm a little scared off of what happened with his target shares last year. Um, I don't know. I I just don't see I just don't see like a strong wide receiver two um, profile there. So I'd or like a a second round wide receiver profile. I guess I I'd, I'd say that I'd be fine with him as my wide receiver two if I got him in the third round you know, mid to late third round. But so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing with, with T Higgins. I'm again, you know, I'd probably say this ad nauseum throughout all of these things, but it comes down to price with me for him. 
And at its current price, especially best ball wise, I don't I don't really see it. Um, now, as far as Tyler Boyd goes, I think he's fine as a wide receiver for, you know, I, I, I think he's fine. He's his target shares. It's not it's not significantly lower than T Higgins. It's not it's not like a one for one kind of trade or anything like that. Like he's definitely third in the in in the pecking order um for redraft i'm not terribly excited about him because i think it's going to end up being a situation where it's going to be hard to know what week is going to be his week for best ball though yeah uh, if he's my fourth or fifth wide receiver i'm loving that especially if i'm uh, if i'm working some sort of stack with either him or burrow or he's the bring back in um uh, you know when i'm doing a kansas city stack so um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with his draft position at the price that, that, that he's going. Cause I think he's a, he's a kind of dude who'll have some out of, out of nowhere spike weeks. It'll just be hard to pin those down. Got you. Got you, man. Um, to your T Higgins note, understandable, um, from a best ball perspective, like you said, I would love him as my wide receiver two on my team. Um, as my wide receiver one, it's it's a little bit sketchy, and I'm looking more so from um, I'm saying that from a redraft standpoint. But he's going as or he's ranked as wide receiver twelve in redraft leagues, and overall number twenty eight. So if you were to do the overall rankings as an ADP here, that would be what beginning of the third round and. It's yeah. not a bad it's not a bad price considering the guys around him. Um TJ Hawkinson and Kenneth Walker, I would rather Higgins. Um Devonta Smith, now that's one I'm gonna have to ponder on. And then Chris Alave, I'll definitely want Alave over Higgins. So there's gonna be some there's probably at least with me, if I'm on that back end and these are how things are gonna go, I'm probably not gonna go Higgins, but I'm I'm fine with him, like I said, as a wide receiver too on my team for sure. Now, the thing that interests me with Tyler Boyd in redraft leagues, I would love him as, you know, fifth, sixth wide receiver on my team on the bench. That's fine. But an interesting note with him is that he had a lower target share tied in Hayden Hurst last year. And the only reason why he had more targets than Hayden Hurst is because he played more games. So, you know, it could be argued that Tyler Boyd could be the fourth option on this team, potentially to Irv Smith if he if Irv Smith came in and was that guy like that. But I'm not going to say that already, but it's in the realm of possibilities. I guess with that, what are your thoughts on Irv Smith as kind of the tight end one on this team now? Oh, man, he's – all right. I was going to say he's a mixed bag, but I, I, I can't even say that because he really, he's been a bit of a disappointment, you know, in 2019, the Vikings took him in the second round and he never quite panned out for them. And, you know, he lost a good bit of time due to injury. So, you know, there's that, there's that angle, uh, you know, he pretty much, he, he missed a good deal of the 2021 season and, he missed like just about all of last year, I want to say. So, um, 
you know, he's the he's the reason that they went out and brought in TJ Hawkinson, the, the Vikings did. Um maybe this change of scenery could do him some good. Add that to the fact that he's 24, gonna I think makes 25 during the year. So like he's still he's still young. There's still some some upside there. It's just with at best he's gonna be third in that in that pecking order. He's not he's not somebody, you know, an underdog. He's being drafted as tight end 17. I feel that that's I feel that that's fair, especially like, you know, that was, the tight end twos basically, you know, all of them are kind of they're live to to finish as low end tight end ones. Do I see that for him? A low end tight end one? Not not really, but you know, from from a from a best ball tournament perspective, I would be opposed to to having him as like one of my last few picks to stack um, to stack the Kansas City Cincinnati game, but it's certainly not anybody I think you're going to be able to rely on whether in best ball or redraft this year. Okay, fair enough. Well, I think he's probably going to be in a stream. Well, he's going to be in the streaming realm of tight ends. I think he has a little bit of upside there just from the perspective of last year, Hayden Hurst saw 67 targets in the 13 games he played, which isn't a whole lot, but six of those games, he did see five targets or more. And of course, some of that aligned with Jamar Chase uh, being out, but some of it occurred while Chase was there. So there's going to be a Irv Smith streaming week in some of fantasy owners um, redraft leagues for sure. So, you know, just be aware of that, and that's going to be a name to be looking for as a redraft streamer. Yeah, that I, I, I'm i totally on board with that. I don't think he's somebody that you're going to draft and have as your set it and forget it from week one tight end, you know, um, unless you have, like, some kind of real funky league. But so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I think he'll fall for me in a, in a, in a usable streamer category. Yeah, I agree with that. For show, for show, let's keep it moving. Next team we'll highlight. Let's go with the second place team in the division last year, the Baltimore Ravens. They're coming into this season with an over-under win total of nine and a half wins. Let's go ahead and start with the quarterback discussion with Lamar Jackson getting that deal signed. We talked about this in previous pods. So Lamar Jackson will be here as QB1. How you feel about him this season or coming into this season? Right. So I am extremely bullish on Lamar Jackson this year, right? He has true QB one upside this year, you know, to finish as the number one player really in all of fantasy this year, you know, you got the Konami code with the rushing ability that's known. He's arguably the best rushing quarterback like of all time. So, and he's in his he's in his athletic prime. I don't I don't see any like real tail off in his ability to put up yards on the ground. So he has that working for him. Um. So again, employing underdog ADP and what and rankings and whatnot, he's the fourth quarterback off the board behind Hertz, Allen, and Mahomes. Of those three, Hurts, Allen, and Mahomes, I think 
Lamar arguably has the second best stable of weapons behind Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, if you go if if you go top to bottom, weapons wise, I think I think Lamar has uh, probably the the second. He's got the second deepest um, stable of weapons. Probably some of the best weapons he's had since he um, since he's been in Baltimore. You know, you take that, you add in the fact that they brought in Todd Monken as offensive coordinator, a guy who has all the experience in the world, like running offense from different types of schemes, from air raid to kind of ground and pound type stuff. And then you throw in a top tier offensive line. Lamar Jackson, to me, is the quarterback two off the board right now. My quarterback one, by the way, would be Hurts. I go Jalen Hurts. I go Lamar. Allen and Mahomes. I probably lean Josh Allen and then Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that's, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think you could go wrong with either one of the four. But I'm just saying to me, I think he's the QB two right now just from just from pure upside and the weapons and everything. Like, the tide is rising in Baltimore, and I think, um, you know, I, I I want pieces of Lamar in redraft, best ball, dynasty, all of it. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, so, yeah, Lamar Jackson per uh, Fantasy Pros is coming in as QB5. Um, overall in their rankings, they have him as number 62. So if you looked at that and said that was going to be his ADP, that would be the beginning of the sixth round. That's extreme value. I mean, by draft season, I don't think there's any way he's going to be seen um, in the sixth round being drafted. And I'm just no speculating. Way. I'm just speculating. There's going to be multiple reports of him um, and videos like showing him connecting with um Odell Beckham or Zay Flowers or somebody on some kind of deep route or something and it's just going to skyrocket um ADP but if for some reason it held like this like Lamar to me would be a still the rushing upside will still be there um the passing should be better you talked about um the new coordinator our new offensive offensive coach coming in so yeah I think as well as up for Lamar Jackson for sure Yeah. Let's see. That's All my right, dude so... this year. That's that, that's my <laughs> dude this year. Okay. Well, have to stamp that in for you, my man. Um, yeah. With the running back room, it should be a similar or uh, the same dosage of J.K. Dobbins and some Gus Edwards. Uh, from the PPR rankings, looking at fantasy pros, are coming in as running back 19 and running back 60 both will be coming off another full year from their respective injuries if you will jk dobbins last year 92 rushes for 520 yards many will say he left some meat on the bone there <laughs> alluding to that run where he was slowing down yeah and gus gus had 87 attempts for 533 yards this is a backfield that I'm excited about um, with their current rankings on um, on fantasy pros. Like I'm definitely taking them there. 
a lot of that has to do with them getting healthier. And then even with what was going on with them last year, both were in the top 20 in yards after contact per attempt. And Dobbins was even top 20 in yards before contact. And so some of that, you know, it has to do with offensive line and whatnot, but some of that has to do with these guys just being good. And so, yeah, at their current PPR rankings, I am interested in both of these guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And to piggyback off your um, yards after yards before contact with Dobbins, he ranked seventh in PFF's breakaway, re- breakaway run rate last year. So even, even with his knee not being all the way back and him not e- being able to finish off that one, that one famous run, but not still, he was still getting a lot of breakaway runs. And these are runs that go for, um, that go for, I want to say 15 plus yards. So he's still, he's still an explosive back. He's still a shifty back. He's still able to get out there and get people chasing him. This year, those people might have um, not as good a chance of actually catching him now that he's had an off season and um, a year plus off of his, uh, off of that terrible injury, that knee injury that, that he suffered. So, you know, him as a kind of a mid mid range RB two, I'm I'm all the way I'm all the way in on on that. And you know there is uh, who is it? JJ Zacharyson talked about this on his pod just today. Um and he went through the data and it showed that there is a there is like a noticeable decline in running back performance with a non-rushing quarterback versus a, a rushing quarterback. So, you know, that that thing is kind of working against against JK, but nevertheless, he's he's a very efficient runner. Like you just said, over 500 yards rushing on 92 carries. Like that's efficiency. That that's efficiency. So like if you are going to be if you are going to draft a running back that's playing with a rushing quarterback you want it to be somebody with jk dobbins's profile now the the only thing that's kind of well not the only thing but one other thing that's kind of working working against him he's not much in the passing game that's that's never really been his thing so like what you're hoping for are big runs and touchdowns so you know i think that but i think that is kind of priced in to where he is now um, in that kind of middle, that middle range running back too, because if he did have those passing chops, the, those passing game chops, he would be much higher on the board, right. especially given um, what everybody is thinking about this uh, Baltimore offense. So, yeah, I am, I, I am fine with him in that, um, you know, as an RB two, you know, maybe even tick him up from mid to just late early RB2 if we're going to be real sticklers about it. Um as for Gus, as for Gus Edwards, I've been taking him a lot in in best ball and pretty much been able to get him, you know, well on underdog you go um in like the best ball mania tournament, your rosters are 18 players long. So getting him around 16, 17, 18 and I feel I, I feel really good about that, you know, because he's going to get worked in, you know, Dobbins isn't going to get, um, isn't going to be a bully with all the rushing, but 
you know, if we spend that to, excuse me, if we spend that to redraft, I'm a little iffy. I'm, I'm a little iffy on Gus, and maybe this will be. Maybe I'll just have to. Um, oh man, I didn't even make, want to make this pun, but I guess I have to now. Maybe I'll just miss the bus on that one um, because I know, I know, boo this man. Um, because I don't know if uh, I'm just not. You know, I'd say maybe as my last RB taken or one of my last RBs taken. Um, you know, as my five, my fifth or sixth running back kind of thing, just because I'm having a little trouble at the moment seeing how much of a rush share is he going to get? Like, will, when will I be able to put him in? But, you know, if he only costs me my fifth or sixth running back spot, then, hey, maybe, um, maybe I'll be willing to hold him for a few weeks and just see how things shake out and then make a decision, you know, somewhere between weeks two through five about whether to let him go or, you know, see if I have something. Okay, I, I understand that point with with Gus for sure. And again, he's he's going to be late rounds in Rejeff Lee. So, well, well said on that point. Let's dive into the receiving aspect of this team. Whew, man, last year the wide receivers with the most snaps: Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Rashad Bateman, and then you even get down into names of Deshaun Jackson. Sammy Watkins, and even Andy Isabella took snaps in this wide receiver room. <sighs> the, Baltimore, the Baltimore front office yeah. listened. The Baltimore front office listened to some Beyonce, listened to upgrade you, let me upgrade you. And they went out here, they got Zay Flowers in the draft. They went go get um, Odell Beckham Jr. And, of course, Rashad Bateman should be back. Um of course, from his injury as well. For the redraft rankings, they're currently at wide receiver 63 for Zay Flowers, 72 for OBJ, and 42 for Rashad Bateman. Obviously, those things are going to change for sure. Um, in my eyes, which one or should you be taking shots on all three? Obviously, if these redraft calls stayed the same, I would be fine with taking shots on all of them because a wide receiver 42 will maybe be a sixth, seventh, or eighth round wide receiver. And Bateman was having some solid performances early on last year before the injury. So I would not mind the shot as well. But I think once training cap comes around and everything kind of settles in, I think it'll probably be Bateman, Flowers, and OBJ. Um, as the rankings will detail um, for fantasy redrafts. But I'm going to turn it over to you and let you dive into your thoughts on this wide receiver room. Yeah, so I'm with – I think for me, my order goes Bateman, Flowers, Beckham um, as well. Like you mentioned, before Bateman went down, he was playing, he was playing just fine. He was at a – 23% targets per route run before he before he went out with his injury, which is which is pretty that's that's pretty damn good. And so I know it was a limited it was a limited sample size. So you know it's hard to say that that would have continued over the course of the year. But given some of the other names that they had at receiver that got snaps that you know the ones you just listed off, uh, I'm willing I'm willing to take that to take the gamble that that would have 
sustained itself through um, through last year. I think he's I think he's a talented guy. I think that you know that that um, that passing core, well, the the receiving core, like those three, you got three guys that could pretty much line up anywhere, and they could you know they're going to be able to do all kinds of things. And I think me saying that that's more a point in favor of Lamar than it is um, any of the receivers. But you know, as it relates to Bateman, it's not. It probably won't just be a situation where you know he's just lined up on the outside, on the line, having to you know deal with press coverage for all of his routes and things like that. I think um, he'll be able to they'll be able to move him around because the other two guys can do everything as well. So you know I I see him I see him as the as the number one well wide receiver anyway in this offense. And on underdog, he is coming 95th off the board, and he's the 46th overall wide receiver. So he's basically a low-end wide receiver four right now. Like, yes, give me that all day. Give me that all day. And in redraft, would I be willing to push up for him as my wide receiver three? I would hope I could do a little better, but um, and when I say better, just with a little more in a situation, I'm a little more clear on, you know. But as my wide receiver four in redraft, yeah, give me give, give me that, give me that all day. What's funny? What, a funny thing that's going on in um, in best ball Ooh. is that Flowers is going before Bateman. Hmm. Flowers is okay. coming off the board at pick eighty nine, and Bateman is coming off at ninety five. So. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of love for flowers out there. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. Not, not in best ball, not in best ball. I put my, I put my chips on, on Bateman. Like I put 80% of my chips on Bateman. Um, if I'm having to, if I'm having to make this decision a hundred times, I go Bateman, 80 of them, 20 of them, I go flowers. Beckham is third. And in in my pecking order, though. Um, so yeah, that's that that's kind of where where I am on them. I don't want to have to rely on any one of them, though. I don't want to have to rely on any one of them at wide receiver three or better. I'd hope to mm-hmm. maybe get one of them as 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 the fourth, but or at earliest as my fourth. But yeah, that's. That, that's where I'm at on those three. Oh, well, and I guess for yeah. Odell, though. Um, so his ADP is 110 uh, in, in, uh, in best ball, which puts him, what, in the 10th round or so? So you're kind of you're kind of grasping at straws at wide receiver there. Anyway. Like by the time you're there in those best ball drafts um, at wide receiver, you're just shooting – you're just shooting for upside and whatnot. You know, there are other guys that that I have my eyes on in that range. You know, uh, Samaje P. Ryan, Devin A. Chain, Rashad Penny, Geno Smith, Antonio Gibson are still on the board on underdog in that range. So I'd probably be leaning more towards uh, towards one of them. But if all of them are gone, then yeah, I I, I can see myself. Um, I can see myself giving Beckham a run. Yeah, the the thing with those three, it's just essentially going to be which one, like which one do you favor towards? 
And then that's going to be a situation where training camp reports are probably going to be monitoring in the tweets and whatnot, because right now, you know, most people are leaning with Bateman being the number one guy, but I could, again, see Zay Flowers having some videos or something come out on, on there and his ADP skyrocket. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see the next couple months with that wide receiving room. And with that, yeah. we go to the I'm need to put a. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna transition into the tight end with Mark Andrews. Oh, okay. Um, last year with him, he saw 113 targets. Previous year, he saw he saw 153 targets. Um, dealt with some injuries. Dealt with, of course, the quarterback play. We know about about the injuries that I mean that Lamar had and the replacements there. Um, overall still saw a 24.3% target share only had five top five finishes last year and had 10 of those the year before with fantasy pros. He's coming in as tight end two. They have him as ranked as 21 overall best ball wise. I'm going to have shares of Mark Andrews, but I don't think when it comes to redraft leagues, I'm going to have any shares of them. I think I'm just going to, you know, wait. If I don't get Kelsey, I'm just going to wait and look at um, a cheaper option and taking possibly, you know, Kyle Pitts. I'll look into the Evan Ingram, David Njoku range, um, something like that. I just think the price will be a little bit too much given the upgrade in wide receiver weapons. I still expect Andrews to be the target leader here or the target market share for sure, but I just think, it's going to be wiser to pass on him and look at a guy like Amin Ross St. Brown or AJ Brown, who are there ranked below him per fantasy pros. I'm I'm totally on board with that. You said he's coming off the board as pick 21 in fantasy pros. Well, that's like his overall, that's his overall ranking on there is number 20. Yeah. I, I won't be doing that. I, 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 <laughs> I will not be doing that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm with you when when you said that, you know, I, I think he'll be the target leader on on the team. I think he'll be the tight end, too, overall, for, for, for sure. Um, but there's just been so much uncertainty introduced with this complete overhaul that they've done of their wide receiver room. And with Lamar coming back healthy and whatnot, I just, you know, there's with Dobbins coming back healthy, Gus Edwards coming back healthy. You know, there's there's so much more competition for him. Like they're not going to have to they're not going to have to rely on him the way that they did before. Now that's not to say that they won't. It's not to say that it's impossible that he doesn't have a path back to 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 being that guy. But after after what happened last year and I know a lot of last year was due to injury but you know with the with the with the just like I said with the overall upgrades from last year it's just hard to like you say pass up and pass up an AJ Brown or or somebody like that for 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 Mark Andrews and you know to to spin it back to to spin it back to best ball you know he's he is the tight end too over on underdog and he's the 32nd overall player um, coming off the board. And so I'm, look, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, 
I think his ADP is fine. You know, if you look at some of the guys who are going are going around him. But I'm going to say, all right. Do I want to take? Do I want to take him there, or can I get myself? Can I get myself a a T Higgins and then take G- Dallas Goddard thirty five picks later? Right. Right. Yeah. That 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 doesn't seem like it's even a question to me, given given this uncertainty. You know, I don't think this is going to be some offense that just you know funnels through one through just like one guy like that. And especially when you add in the Todd Munkin of it all, like this is a guy who likes to, uh, well, who has a bag that has the air raid in it, who, who knows how to, who knows how to design um, passing offenses. Now, you know, you look at what he, he was for, for those of you who don't know, he was the offensive coordinator for the, um, for the championship Georgia Bulldogs last year. And, he got his tight ends plenty of work last year. So, you know, that that is a valid and fair counterpoint to anything that that, that I'm saying here. Um it's just that he's got some burners in his in his receiver room and some guys who can who can really uh you know who, who can work all levels of the field. So yeah, it's it's just really hard for me to pay the kind of prices that Mark Andrews is going for like right now. Um, but I do, I do still like him to finish tight end too, though. Got you, got you. And yeah, that's a, that's a good note that you made to even start the discussion is that, yes, you still expect him to be tight end too, but it's just those other options around there. And the fact that you can just get Dallas Goddard, you know, 30 picks later, essentially three rounds later, not going to give you the exact same production as Andrews, but it would be one of those things when you look at Amon Ra or AJ Brown with Dallas Goddard versus Mark Andrews and whatever, you know, wide receiver or running back you're able to get in round six, it's, it's probably a better trade off. So, yeah. So yeah, going, going right around him on underdog right now, no, Lamar Jackson is going to pick right before him. That That's Lamar all day to me. Then you have like Debo, Ed, uh, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, Amari, Amari Cooper. You know, I, I think I, yeah, I think I'd rather invest in one of those guys and then just um, and take the, I don't think, and take the, I don't think it'll be so big downgrade to to Goddard. So yeah, for sure. Let's move on to the next team. Next team we'll look at are those Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming in with the over-under win total of eight and a half wins. Hey, they finished third in this division last year, so we're going to do them third here. I understand the ugh on your end, though. (laughs) Uh, Starting first at the quarterback position, it should be Kenneth Pickett, the third junior again. None of that again is his name. But per uh, Fantasy Pros, he's coming in as QB 23. So in a redraft league, this should not be a guy you should be drafting or looking at unless you are, of course, in Superflex. From last year, it was a rough rookie year for him. Um, But he did show some rushing upside, had games of 51 yards, 37 yards, and 32 yards rushing. So there is a little bit of rushing upside with him, but nothing 
to really just bank on as somebody you want on your team. Had one QB1 performance and was QB12 in that game. And that that was his only top 12 finish um, of that of last season. So, you know, natural things, you would expect him to be a better quarterback. But overall, football-wise, I don't expect a whole lot more from this offense than what we've seen last year. Um, in regards to Pickett, again, with redraft league in mind, this should be somebody that should be on your waiver wire week one. Yeah, I to- totally agree with that. I'm like, unless, like you said, you're playing super flex or, um, or maybe like the, maybe, you know, if you're in a 14 team league and whatnot, where sometimes it's a little, it's kind of advantageous to hold on to a second quarterback just in case, because quarterback um, that position can get real thin, but uh, I just didn't see much last year to make me think, okay, yeah, this guy's like turning it around. This guy, this guy has it. Like, it's going to take something. He's going to have to put some performances on tape this year. That's going to have to, and, you know, have people running to the waiver wire to pick him up because, yeah, to, like you said, he, to start the year off, if you're in like a regular 12 team, um, 12 team, one quarterback type of situation, yeah, he, he needs to be on waiver wires. <laughs> Let's move on to that running back room. Uh, we got Najee Harris per Fantasy Pros uh, coming in as RB13, overall number 24, and then Jalen Warren, RB50, 140 overall. So Najee Harris coming in as a back-end, second-round, early, third-round pick per the rankings on fantasy pros. Again, this could change. Um, Last year with him, it wasn't really pretty, (laughs) especially early on. Um, Looking at his stats from a big play perspective, he only had one run over 20 yards and one run over 30 yards. Um, From a fantasy perspective, this man was missing Big Ben badly because of that target amount that he received. Only 53 last year compared to 94 in 2021 with Big Ben. But the positive with Najee last year is that he did finish the year with five top 18 performances, and his touches during those five weeks were 14, 24, 22, 24, and 24. So my thoughts, at least looking at this year, if he's going – if he ends up as – you know, the 24th overall pick if where his ADP is, I'm not going to be in on that. Um, I'm going to be looking at wide receivers. I'm going to be looking at other running backs. I'm sure that's quite different uh, per best ball. And, and Jalen Warren, I mean, he should be waiver wire type of running back, in my opinion, uh, come week one. Darrell, what say you? Yeah, I'm so Okay. So regarding regarding Najee, I could I could live to regret this, but I'm just I'm just fading him this year because I can't really I can't envision too many draft structures where he ends up on my team at a price that that I'm willing to pay. You know, mm-hmm. um, if we want to look at it best ball wise, he's RB thirteen, and he's coming off the board as the thirty seventh overall pick. 
guys that are going around him, Ridley, Amari Cooper, Justin Fields, Jameer Gibbs, Christian Watson, Mike Williams. Um, I'm picking all those guys over, over him. And this is not me saying that there's no, that there's no upside with him. Like something, you know, there could be something that gets him back to that week one, um, that we, excuse me, that year one production that he has. But as you mentioned, it's more than likely not going to be passing work. And that would be like the easiest way um, for, for him to get back there. I just, I just don't see a path for that. And like, I would want him, I would want him on my team as like an RB two. Right. But, mm-hmm. but like, there's other, like th- there's other RB two types that I think have more upside than him. You know, I just mentioned like Jameer Gibbs. I'd rather, I, I, I think I'd rather roll with him. You know, he, he has his own, he has his own warts um, in, in his, um, in his profile. But like a Travis Etienne who goes just like a little bit before him, I'd, I'd rather have him or just kind of just kind of wait and, and and get some, you know, get somebody else. Um, I don't know what comes to mind is like a Rashad Penny type or or, or, or something like that. You know, I, I just can't see I just can't see being excited to draft him because I just have a hard time seeing like super duper upside at his price. Um as for as for Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren started to eat into Najee's work a little bit last year, and in redraft, I wouldn't I wouldn't be touching Jalen Warren. At least I don't I don't I don't think um, it would maybe as like my last pick or something like that, just to just to kind of see how Pittsburgh divvies up their touches. You know, in the past, Pittsburgh has tended to be a um, a workhorse type of team, you know, they kind of like to go with one guy um, and then you, and maybe bring in a guy to give that guy a breather for like a series. Um, So, you know, maybe Pittsburgh could go back to that. That would be a path to success for Najee. But I think Jalen Warren showed enough last year to where, you know, they're going to need to work him in like, you know, one out of every three series kind of, kind of thing um i don't think it's going to be enough though to really make him like a coveted asset but i think it will be enough to make Najee, you know to to kind of blunt Najee's upside so it's kind of i don't know it's kind of a no-win situation with, with the two of them so all that told it is really my preference to just fade this backfield And that's understandable. Um, it's just going to be interesting with him just from that finish that he had last year. He he had the second most uh, rushing attempts those last five weeks and was running back five um, those last five weeks in the season two. So I'm assuming that's kind of what's building into where he's being ranked at, um, at least on the redraft side of it. Because, yeah, otherwise the rest of his season was just kind of yeah. To the receiving room we go. We got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson. Um, I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you. Let me get your thoughts on these guys. Right. So Allen Robinson, you know, start, start at the end, I suppose. Allen Robinson, 
I've been picking him up in best ball drafts as like literally my last pick. And I have like a rotation of guys that I go through. Like it'll be Allen Robinson or maybe Gus Edwards or maybe Deontay Hardy or, you know, guys like that. You know, I'm really, I really don't have, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't see it for him coming off these last few, these last few years that he's had, like, he's just going to have to make me wrong. Um, I'm not investing much in him in redraft. I'm not, I'm not drafting him at all. Um, and again, maybe, maybe that's ignorant, but that's one of those things I'm willing to be wrong about. Um, as for Pickens and Deontay, I'll start with Deontay first. As it stands right now, I think Deont. if I end up with Deontay as my wide receiver three on a team, I'm good with that. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really good with that. Currently in best ball, Drafting, he is going as wide receiver 38 and the 75th player off the board overall. So really you're drafting him at he's being drafted as a high-end wide receiver four. If I said I'd be happy with him as my wide receiver three, I'd certainly be happy with him as my wide receiver um four. So the guy's a target magnet. You know, he's he he he's a target hog. It's just last year he had just the most rotten touchdown luck. That, that you'll ever see. And you would expect that to regress at least a little bit, you know, granted, I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to turn into Joe Montana and start whipping touchdowns all around the place, but at least Deontay could get out there and give you four to eight touchdowns, you know, or something like that. And that would really boost his stock up. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with him as a wide receiver three, especially at the range where he's going, um, and best ball at the moment. As for Pickens, um, I'm not too I'm not too excited about him. A lot, you know, a lot of a lot of smart wide receiver talking about people um, aren't real aren't real high on him either. You know, and if it appears he has problems getting open, a lot of his catches tend to just be like those circus catches, and they look good. They they really do look good. You know, they're real splashy make the highlights type of type of things but you know he's not getting open for like easy layup type type throws and if you're having to be on the Steelers with Kenny Pickett as your quarterback and your best route towards um towards making catches is you know contested jump balls I I just don't I just don't see it there he's going two picks excuse me, he's going three picks ahead of Deontay in best ball right now. And that's just madness to me. Um, I would never, ever, ever do that. Um, I see him best ball wise as a wide receiver four. And I guess around the same thing in, um, in, in redraft, you know, if you're imagining you're in a situation where you start two to three wide receivers with two, with two flex spots, I'd at best want to play him in my flex spot. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not terribly excited about about him. One because of his receiving profile, and two because of again because of the offense. Understood. Getting into the rankings for these guys for uh, for I'm sorry per fantasy pros. Woo words. Um, Deontay is coming in as wide receiver twenty eight. Uh, George Pickens is 37 and Allen Robinson as 73. I just want to get into Deontay here a little bit. 
um, overall, they have him as 68. So that would have him as a sixth round uh, pick if you were to look at it, looking at the rankings as ADP. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for Deontay Johnson, even in the sixth round, man. Like that, the way that I draft that would have him as probably my wide receiver four on my team because I'm usually getting four wide receivers within the six rounds in redraft leagues. And again, that's usual from how ADP typically has fell to me in some of my home leagues. But man, look, this man saw 147 targets last year. Guys who saw 147 targets are around there. CD Lamb, 156. He had nine touchdowns. Garrett Wilson saw the exact amount of targets, 147. Four touchdowns. Amin Ra, one less target, six touchdowns. AJ Brown, one less target than Amin Ra, 145, 11 touchdowns. Chris Godwin, 142 targets, three touchdowns. You get my point. If this man, <laughs> I mean, look, the, yeah. the offenses, the offenses that I named there are the guys that played on those offenses. They're typically better than what Pittsburgh had out there, but Man, if this man had at least three more touchdowns, right, that's 18 more points. And per Fantasy Pros, that would have had him in the wide receiver two range. He finished just outside of that. So maybe it's a different conversation for Deontay Johnson um, if he had around the average amount of touchdowns or even some amount of touchdowns as these other guys. So, yeah, Deontay Johnson, I think, is going to be an extreme value at ADP, at least currently he will be. Yeah, I'm to- totally with that. Yeah. Listen, this discussion with Pat Fryermuth at the tight end position. He's coming in as tight end eight per fantasy pros. Man had nine top 12 performances last year. That's good for the tight end spot. We want that. We like that. Um, in regards to his target share, he saw around 18.6% of the target share. 23.4 targets per route run and a 1.76 yard per route run, which was higher than Deontay and George Pickens, which is somewhat interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on Pat Fryer move coming into uh, the 2023 season? I think he's a perfectly cromulent quarterback. I mean, tight end. Um, <laughs> anybody, my, my Simpsons watchers out there will know that. Um He's he's fine. He's, he's, he's fine. Um, he he doesn't he doesn't excite me um, very much. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going. You know, getting him at that tight end. You know, from tight end nine to eleven, I'm I'm fine with that. It's just the names that are in front of him. They they bring a little bit more out of me. I see a whole lot more upside. With, mm-hmm. with those guys and him, you know, a guy we'll talk about in a little bit, um, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Darren Waller. Those are a few guys going in front of him. If you guys, and th- this is, th- this is um, underdog ADP that I'm listening to, but like uh, the guys who are going after him, Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Schultz, Chig Okonkwo, um, except for Kincaid, you know, Schultz and Okonkwo, I'd, I'd, I'd be fine on passing on Fryermuth at pick 109 and getting Dalton Schultz at pick 131, you know, or something like that. That's what another that's another dang near two rounds of drafting that I can get and get Dalton Schultz, like who may, um, you know, who has a decent chance to lead the Texans 
in targets this year. You know, he's 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 fine. He, he's fine where he is. If you want to pull the trigger there, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hold you on that. But it's not something that I'm really really looking to get into. And those underlying those underlying metrics that you rattled off, like those 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 are good. Like those those are good for tight ends. You know, like an 18 percent target share for a tight end. That's not. That's not bad at all. It's just eighteen percent of this offense. So you're right. <laughs> that's really that's really kind of what it is. Now, you, if you if you were to teleport him over to Philly and send back um, send back Dallas Goddard, all right, then I'll I'll zip him up the boards accordingly. But you know, given given where he is, I think it's just. It's just fine. If I'm in a redraft league and he ends up being my tight end, like I'm not really excited. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a surprise or something like that. I'm hoping for a breakout of some sort. Um, and yeah, that, that that that's really that's really it. It's it just really kind of encapsulates how I feel about this offense in general. Fair enough. Let's get out the Pittsburgh waters and let's dive into the Cleveland Browns to end out this division. Cleveland's over under win total is sitting at nine and a half. So higher than Pittsburgh. We're going to go ahead to start this discussion with the quarterback position as usual. Deshaun Watson coming in as QB 10, 96 overall ranked player per fantasy pros. Quick math, I believe that would have him right at the end of round eight. My math is yes. correct. Um, my honest opinion on him, I think he could flirt with being a QB5 on the season. Um, reason why I are saying this is because I mentioned um, on the best ball pie we did a couple months ago about his rushing attempts. And he had six games that he played, and he had 36 attempts in those six games. Six times three is 18. They play about 17 games a season. If you did some coefficient math, that's almost close to 100 attempt, 100 attempt pace on a season. 100 attempts running for a quarterback, oh, boy, that, that could be some juiciness there. But on yeah, top of that – <laughs> on top of that yes he did struggle um in those six games though passing wise but he did end it with two strong fantasy performances to end the season he has an elite running back who we'll talk about and he has very very solid wide receiving wide receivers and pass catching options i'm i'm gonna dip in those deshaun watson waters this year man how you feeling I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And um tell me one more time what the um you said he's nine he's ranked ninety-sixth overall um according to Fantasy Pros redraft. Correct, yes. Oh, I love that. I love that because he is going quarterback nine and the eighty second player overall in um an underdog best ball. And I think that's I think that's a solid gamble. Because, like you mentioned, the rushing upside is there. 
He has excellent weapons. And, you know, the big thing you're obviously worried about is, can he return to form? Is Deshaun Watson, is Deshaun Watson washed? Well, you know, it could be, it it could be, but on the other hand, he's going to be 28 years old this year. I think at, at some point he's, He'll turn 28 during the season. This will be his second year in this offense. He should get all the first team reps in camp. I think, you know, there's a story to be told that last year was kind of an anomaly after missing like the better part of two years and then having to come in, having to come in mid season after having dealt with, and, and an ugly, horrible, terrible scandal that was his own causing. I, I I won't I won't glide over that. But I think as far as this this football stuff goes, he's he's got everything he's got everything at his disposal right now. And I don't think you're having to pay very much for him. And like you said, I could very I could very well see him if you tell me he finishes the year like just higher than Burrow fields in that area, like where, where they're going right now, like that wouldn't shock me. That, 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 that wouldn't shock me too much because he has, again, that, that rushing part and excellent weapon. So yeah, you want to, you, I could see him being like, you know, that key to, um, you know, especially in in redrafts, uh, you're getting you're getting this guy at the end of the eighth or ninth round. That could be getting the discount Hurts, the discount Lamar, the discount Josh Allen, where you're just stacking up position players and getting somebody who could potentially give you 80, 90 percent of what those guys give you. So, right. yeah, I I, I, I like that. I am with you as mentioned. Let's get into those running backs. We got Nick Chubb per Fantasy Pros coming in as the RB8, 13th overall ranked player. And then Jerome Ford way down there at RB67. There's also a Demetric Felton and John Kelly on the roster. I'm saying these names to say, like, Nick Chubb, man, like, you got a rookie behind you and two other guys who aren't playing that much. Like he could be the dominant force in this in this backfield and can possibly, possibly push for an RB one. Now a lot of that will kind of hinge upon can he get the the target share there, and most of the top backs um, looking at last year's stats, you had Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. Uh, 21% for Christian, 18 for Austin Eckler. But then you got guys like, you know, Saquon and Joe Mixon who are hovering around 16 to 14%. And then you got like Aaron Jones at 13% and even like David Montgomery at 11%. Nick Chubb was around 7%. Um, Kareem Hunt was around 8 to 9%. So like if you could combine that and of course – other running backs are going to factor in and you get him to maybe like 12 to 13 percent 
again, that gets you near Aaron Jones, near Antonio Gibson, even near Brees Hall when he was there. Like that could get him into that elite running back territory of the pass catching part and the running part. And so I'm excited for this man's season. What are your thoughts? I'm I'm right there with you. Like Chubb has he has a path to 300 touches this year. Um but between, you know, between r- rushing and uh, and and catching. And like you said, he was at 7% last year. They just lost 8 9% from um from Kareem Hunt at the top end of those together, you're at 16%. So if, yeah, if he could get to, if he could go from seven to 10%, seven to 12% of, um, of those targets, man, that, that raises his ceiling so, so, so much. So, you know, you mentioned that fantasy pros has him ranked as um, running back nine, you said? Yeah, yeah, running back nine. So, my bad. I ADP was wise, there, but it was RB eight. Sorry, RB eight. Okay, so ADP wise on underdog, he's going at RB six. Okay, I think that's that's about where I would have him. That's about where I would have him. And even at RB six, I still think there's there's upside there because of just because there could be more involvement in the passing game. So I'm, I'm very bullish on Nick Chubb this year. I I'm extremely happy to start off wide receiver in a draft and then come around and get him in the second round. Like I've, I feel I'm good. I'm good with that. And I guess just in an overall sense, I like this Cleveland offense. I, I don't know if I said that at all, but like, yeah, he's one of those weapons I mentioned for, for, for Deshaun. Like, um, I, I I love him. I I, I love him at, at his ADP and at his ranking, and there's still even more ceiling that, that exists for a guy who's even ranked this high. So, yeah. Right. Moving along, let's look at the pass-catching side of things. We got Amari Cooper, Donovan People-Jones, Elijah Moore. Then you get into David Bell and the new rookie drafted in Cedric Tillman. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to you. Give me your thoughts on these guys. Okay. So ADP wise overall underdog, Amari Cooper is going at wide receiver 18 and the 36th player overall. I think he's right about where he, he should be. Like, I don't see this as being anything egregious, like, kind of a middle a middle of the pack RB2. And I think there's some upside there. You know, middle of the pack RB2 with with, with some upside because he'll be the RB, excuse me, wide receiver two, my fault. Middle of the pack wide receiver two with some upside. And I say like with some upside because if Deshaun Watson can get it going, you know, like if you if if you tell that story to yourself that this offense is going to get better, from from a passing attack angle, he stands to benefit greatly from that. So, I I like Amari where, where he's going um, this year. I'd be 
I, I feel pretty good about having him as my wide receiver too on any teams that I drafted. The interesting, I think the most interesting nugget in, um, in the wide receiver room is Elijah Moore, you know, um, came, came over from the Jets, showed real flashes his rookie year, fell off a cliff. His second year, you know, ended up butting heads with the coaches in, uh, in, in New York and ends up getting moved to Cleveland. Which one is he? Which one is he? Is he the guy that he was his rookie year? Is he that? Is he like that kind of alleged knucklehead from year two? Is he somewhere in the middle? Even if he's somewhere in the middle, like he has a chance, he has a chance on this team to be, you know, second or third leading target getter. As far as how much do I want to invest in him in fantasy? Well, to give you background, he's the wide receiver 48 on underdog, and he's coming off the board at pick 100. Um, So drafting him as like the last wide receiver four, I'm not crazy about that. Um, I'm I'm not crazy about that. That seems a a little rich, um, but you know. At wide, if you're if your three wide receivers in front of him are absolute studs, hey, then then maybe you can afford to take that gamble. But if it's a situation where you know sometimes sometimes you can have a draft where I'm going to need my wide receiver four to do something like he can't be a total dice roll. I couldn't I couldn't advocate taking him there, but he's a very very interesting piece. And if he is more shaded towards the guy he was his first year, he's going to be something. Uh, DPJ, he's going at wide receiver 68. So coming off the board as a wide receiver six, I don't mind throwing, throwing some, uh, throwing some pennies on him, um, especially in best ball, especially if you work in a stack, um, you know, he could very well be the second leading target earner on this team as well, or at least from the wide receiver position. The other the other couple guys, um, David Bell and Cedric Tillman, I you know, one, I don't I don't know nearly enough about Tillman. His 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 receiving profile is okay. It's not it, it's not fantastic, you know, for, from his college production. And David Bell didn't do too much of note last year either. So there's like just two huge question marks on on those guys. But I think there's enough here for there to at least be a viable option to line up opposite of of Amari this year and give Deshaun uh, give give Deshaun like some viable wide receiving weapons. For sure, for sure. Well said on on those guys. Um, it's going to be interesting, very very interesting with that wide receiver room. And figuring out like who's gonna play out here as far as the stars and whatnot. I mean, Amari's definitely in. I feel like DPJ should be in, but I mean, they traded for Elijah, and then they didn't have a pick until the third round. And the first, very first pick they take is a wide receiver. So it, it just intrigues me in that aspect, but. Looking into these guys, uh, specifically when Deshaun was there, 
three of these guys each had 20% target shares with him, with Amari at 25% during this time with Watson, DPJ at 20.5%, and David Njoku at 20.7%. I don't think there's any way that holds, with the exception of maybe Amari keeping his 25%, because Elijah Moore is definitely going to mix in here. He has the talent profile um, that he should be on the field here. Um, if I, if I'm looking at this from a redraft perspective, like I would be looking at going Cooper, Elijah Moore, DPJ, and then Tillman, excuse me, in that order, when you're looking at drafting these, these guys, um, let me flip over here. So yeah, Elijah Moore currently is going as wide receiver 53 and that's just below Zay Flowers. And then um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going even further down than that as wide receiver 58 and overall ranking of 142. So, yeah, based on those based on those rankings, if that was ADP, I would have interest in those guys there, depending on how my team looks. Yeah. Yeah, it, you're, you're absolutely right. It's going to be inter- interesting to see, like, how this all how this all shakes out. And so, yeah, and like you mentioned, like uh, Elijah Moore is kind of right in the same line that he's going over on underdog, like uh, in, in your in your redraft rankings that, that you were reading from. So um, I think there is, there, there's, people haven't given up on him. Like pe- people definitely haven't given up on him. And he's the type that, he, he's, he's that classic type that he could catch a lot of steam if some good reports come out of, um, come out of camp. Right on, right on. And then let's go ahead and end the Cleveland Browns talking about David Njoku. Um, He's currently looking at tight end 10, um, 94th overall. So, again, that will be around where you're driving Deshaun at. Um, Last season, 58 receptions, 628 yards, and four touchdowns. I'm interested in him. Um, I don't mind that ADP as well. Um, given the fact looking at this division, I would say he's probably the tight end that I would be the most interested in drafting in, um, when you're considering ADP in there as well. Um, Deshaun has been one of those guys. I mean, well, first of all, he had a 20% target share in Njoku with Watson, but, um, the point I was making is that Deshaun has been a guy he has looked at tight ends when he's in the red zone. Like if you can remember three or four years back, there was a tight end by the name of Darren Fells that we were actually looking at streaming from time to time (laughs) because of the touchdown upside and relevancy that Deshaun was giving him. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this Joku um, at this price, especially again, as I mentioned, as, we're looking at the draft costs of the other tight ends um, in this division. Yeah, I he's a, he's another guy that 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 I like, and you know, throughout my throughout my best ball drafting seasons so far, when I found myself in situations where I ended up punting tight end a little bit, he's been a guy that I've been happy to get on my team. Um, underdog wise, he is going off the board is tight end nine, which makes him uh, 100 and, 102 overall. And so 
normally when I've been taking him, it's been, a, I've gone with a, you know, I've leaned towards a three, um, a three tight end build because like, I'm not totally confident in him, but he's a guy, he's a guy that, I mean, if he, fin- I could see him finishing within the top six tight ends okay. th- this year. You know, there's, there, there's definitely ways that things could shake out. You know, number one, he he had to have missed like three or four games due to injury um, last year and played through uh, played through a good many of them hurt when uh, when he was on the field. If there's some way he could stay healthy, maybe give you a full season. You know, you said he had his uh, target percentage was uh, 20, 20, 20 and a half, something like that. That is very good. That's very good for a tight end. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of upside built into him. You know, when I want to spin this into uh, looking at it from a redraft angle, I would be happy if my draft shook out in a way where he was my tight end and I'd be willing to go with him. You know, give him a solid four or five weeks as my set it and forget it tight end one and then just you know kind of see how things go and see if um i need to make some moves but but yeah as my as as uh as the tight end nine off the board like yeah i he's he he, he's more than fine to me because i feel like he could very much outplay that adp like I, i i see a lot of upside in him very good well before we get out of here, I got three questions for you. These are just more so quick hitters. First one, who, who wins the division? I think it's Baltimore. I, I, I think Baltimore edges out. I think they edge out Cincinnati by just a little bit. And it's mostly because Cincinnati's having a lot of turnover on, on defense. Um and Baltimore just tends to always be solid on defense, um, at least by a certain point of the year. They always get that ship corrected. So, yeah. Very by no good. more than a game or two, but yeah. Very good. I'm still leaning uh, Cincy here. I do think it will be a close race, and I, I think it will be probably by one game, if that. Second question, will three teams make the playoffs out of this division? Oh, well, yeah. So basically, you're asking me, will Cleveland make the playoffs? Basically. Um, <laughs> oh man, I think I think Cleveland probably just misses the playoffs because they're going to be in a dogfight with with who? Um, they're going to be in a dogfight with the Dolphins. They're going to be in a dogfight with the Chargers. Um, you don't got to worry about the AFC South. Um, <laughs> who, who, what, what division? The South, North, East. Um, so yeah, I got the other three. So yeah, they'll they'll, they'll be in a they'll be in a dogfight with the Chargers and the Dolphins. And without knowing schedule strength off the top of my head, I think that I think that the Dolphins and the um, yeah, I, I think the Dolphins and the Chargers edge them out. 
edge out Cleveland. So yeah, only two teams make the division. I mean, excuse me, only two teams make the playoffs from this division. Okay. Final question. What player are you most excited to see in this division? And it could be fantasy or just real football related. Um, man, I keep going back to um, keep going back to Baltimore, but let me let, let me flip through real quick just to make sure. Uh, Kenny Pickett's in the lead right now. No, it's gonna it's gonna be Lamar. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be Lamar for me with with the change at OC in that offense and the upgrade in weapons like we talked about. Um, I th- I think you know. I said this on a previous pod. I, I need to go and check his MVP odds um, because, yeah, I th- I think he's I think he's in a handful of dudes who should be um, who should be the quote unquote favorites uh, at at this point of the season. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. Mine. I mean, it's it's really two players, but I'm just gonna go with Nick Chubb. I think he has a possibility Ooh, yeah. of having the most rushing yards he's ever had. And that was from this past season. He had 1,525. I'm interested to see if he can give me a 16-burger, maybe 18-burger, maybe even flirt with 2K. Um, But, yeah, I'm going with Nick Chubb, man. You know what? I might have been wrong. How many? Eight, seven teams make the playoffs? Yeah, seven teams. Oh, well then, I don't have to choose. Yes, yes, they get three in. Then they get three in. I thought for some reason I had it in my head that it was still six uh, teams, so I don't have to choose between them. I don't have to choose between the Browns, the Chargers, and and the Dolphins. So yeah, yeah, I I, I think they get in. Okay, fair enough. I got you down on that. All right. Well, first division down. We got seven more of these bad boys to get in the books. Before we get out of here, my brother, you got anything for the good people? Yeah, man. This was this was a lot of fun. I'm excited to get back into the next one. I hope y'all are out there getting these best ball drafts in, setting your Google alerts um, for for all the players that you're uh, that you're interested in, and um, yeah, we march on towards the season. Right on the march begins. We got OTAs that have started up so far. So, hey, football is coming up soon, guys. The next division that we'll look at will be the AFC South. So stay tuned for that one next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Derek, my brother Daryl. We're out of here, guys. Thank you. Peace.